Podcast Network Asia. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Class Clown Podcast. My name is Chino Liao, coming to you still from beautiful, sunny Northern California. Um, staying here with my family and my eating and my uh, isolation. Uh, I am recording to you just a few hours actually after I spoke with the guys of the show that was once formerly known as The Kids Are Asleep. Apparently, I I just found this out today that the show no longer exists. So, uh, sorry. Yes, podcasting is not for everybody, but... Hey, at least I got to talk to them and we got to catch up. And because of this catch up, I actually thought of today's topic for this week, this solo episode. Oh, by the way, this is a solo episode. So sorry, <laughs> the guest comes on Friday and it's still going to be a good episode this week. But for Friday, uh, we are going to talk to the guys of Match of Chismisa. So you can look forward to that. For this week, we are going to talk about what I found out today, and that is something that's very that I'm very proud of. Although I'm not, let it be known that I am not trying to flex or to brag or to rub it in people's faces. But I've discovered that as of today, I am one of the few people who has gotten to perform in front of live audiences again after a year of no audiences. You know. I've realized that I am one of those few comedians that get to do it in front of people again. And it's such a surreal feeling because, number one, the people, the stand-up comedians of the Philippines have yet to experience that. And I know for a fact that a lot of them are going to break down on stage the moment they get to do so. The moment you're on stage and you get to hear live reactions, actual laughter, applause breaks that come in real time, when that happens, you will see grown men cry on stage because nobody knows when the people, the comedians of the Philippines and the audience members will get to do a stand-up show again. Audiences in the Philippines are great. Audiences in stand-up shows in general are great because they the laughter that they deliver allows us to survive every day. Like you say, a lot of people say, you can't eat laughter. But in that moment on stage it feels like you can that high that you feel is euphoric you know it's it's no wonder a lot of comedians turn to drugs because laughter is the best drug you can have as a comedian it's that high that you keep chasing it's that addiction that you feel regardless of whether you do stand up or improv 
or whatever, there is just a, a symmetry there that you experience while you're on stage and that you live for every single moment. It feels like it's a weird analogy, but I don't know how else to explain it. Comedy in life in general is just such a weird thing to have. You know, nobody should ever have to live for the adulation of strangers, but that's where we're at right now. In, in the moments that you stand on stage and look out into the audience, those are the moments where a comedian feels most alive because they get to hear audiences laugh right after they throw a joke out. You know, they, they laughed at something you created, you thought of on the spot, you plucked it out of thin air, and showed it to them. You are like a magician. Only you don't need a rabbit or a deck of cards. You just needed words to make magic. And when you do that and you make people laugh, it's euphoric. And when I did that last, uh, the first time I did that was last March, just a few weeks after my birthday. And I'll be honest, I didn't know if I could do it again after not performing for years, okay, a little more than a year of not doing stand-up, I've learned that after two or three weeks of no comedy, I begin I begin to get a little rusty. You know, I have a hard time remembering the jokes. My timing is off. I become worse than I already am. Right? And I'm not saying like I'm very good, but I was not good to begin with, and I am worse than that. And so after three weeks, if that happens to me, imagine not doing comedy for a year. Like that is so much worse. So I'll be honest, when I was offered to do this show, I did not know if I was going to be able to do it. I, I did not know if I still remembered the jokes that I have. I did not know if I had material that was still relatable, you know, that was still able, that was still allowed me to get laughter. And so after doing it on stage, being on stage in front of that crowd, in front of those audiences, you feel nervous. You feel afraid for your own life. But in the same way, you also feel alive. You also feel excited. Your senses are heightened. You are locked in. And you want nothing more than to appear on stage and use your time wisely. That's what comedy allows us to do. That's what audiences essentially allow us to do. I posted a video a while back of me crowd working an audience member and them laughing at it. And I'll be honest, I never got to do that on Zoom because I never got to have the handle of a Zoom show. You know, everything was so weird. You don't, you don't see people on a Zoom show. You only hear awkward laughter. And that's not enough for me because I... Also want to hear, I also want to see awkward phases. 
So I want it all, all the awkwardness. Bring it all. It can't be half-assed. No, but seriously, being able to talk to audience members again, being able to talk to other comedians in person again, being able to mix it up with other people, that is something that I will truly miss once I have to go back to the Philippines because I don't look forward to doing Zoom calls again, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I don't want to do it. I, I hate doing it. If I, if I can stay out here and do more shows while I'm here, then I will do it. But for now, that's just how life has to be for a lot of us. The audience is a lot of the reason why shows work. Crowds being there. And it doesn't matter if there are five people or 500 people in, in an audience, you know, but being able to perform while, while there is somebody that's listening makes you feel important. It makes you feel alive. It validates your existence. You know, you, you are able to, to weave something that allows people to experience laughter. You know, and you are brave enough to throw it out there to share a piece of yourself with total strangers. We, like I said, comedy is weird because you live for the adulation, the respect of people you don't even know. You don't know these people. You didn't pay them to show up. If you did, oh, good, good for you. You're losing money even before you have a comedy career. But if you don't, Right, if you actually do open mics and shows and showcases and clubs and bars or wherever, you are performing for random people most of the time. And when you do that and you throw out a piece of yourself and you show that piece of yourself to strangers and they laugh at it, it just is the best feeling in the world to see people's smiling faces. Ooh to have something that they can hold on to and, and, and cherish. And it's just, it, it's amazing. I never thought I'd be able to crowd work a crowd again, but when I did, it just made me feel alive because I like playing with the crowd. I like being a little bitch on stage. I'll say that. It doesn't work for me a lot of the time. Um, it does not work for me a lot of the time. In fact, there are instances uh, wherein I've crowd work and it just came off as angry and, and, and vindictive and vile and, and gross and I just felt bad afterwards you know I just felt wrong about insulting an audience member like that because hindi naman tayo eh, hindi naman to okrayan diba? hindi naman to clowns or nothing against that type of comedy, right? But like, it's not, it, what I do isn't that. I don't go up on stage and just call out random people and make fun of them. You know, that's not that's not me. That's not who I am. But just to be able to play and talk to people, it's just, it's nice. It's it's nice. I, I like how I got to, uh, I get to do that again. And, and people out here, for the most part, are game. They will really laugh even if you have crowd-working comedians. In fact, I've seen Full shows that were just crowd work. Just 
people just riffing and talking because essentially that's what the comedian does. They talk and sometimes they talk to audience members, you know. To be able to do that, you know, to have a person there that you can actually touch and poke and feel is is amazing. You know, because I like to be able to do that. I've learned how to do that while I was out here. You know, it breaks the fourth wall. It it shows people that you're not just some monkey they can watch on stage, that you're an actual human being. And this is an actual human encounter. That's what the virus has taken away from all of us. From performers in general, even musicians feel the same way. Even magicians feel the same way. They are able, because human interaction isn't there, nobody actually knows how they're going over. Nobody knows if they're doing their job correctly. And yeah, you can do a Zoom show. Yeah, you can stream your act online, but it's just not the same. It's just not the same. I like talking to audience members even after the show. I like discussing things with them. I think that I like telling I like them telling me about their how they felt after the show. You know, and did they like my act? Did they hate it? You know, I liked that aspect of comedy because the interaction is still there. You're still experiencing something real. And I just, God, I just love it. I just love being able to do that, even if it means me having to go all the way out into wherever the show is out here, you know, going back into dive bars that I've never been to or in the middle of like factory districts just to do stand up. I'll, I'll do that in a heartbeat if it means there's an audience there, if it means a booker will have me on, if it means somebody will give me stage time. I will do that in a heartbeat. Now, Mike Sadi on, on the Kids Are Asleep podcast asked me a very poignant question, which was, where are shows performed at? You know, and it's... It's a very, uh, it's it's more than actual clubs. Shows out here are performed in the most random places. And I like that because you get to experience the most random people. You get to experience a mixture of audiences. You know, some of them are receptive. Most of them are receptive. But there are audiences here that aren't as receptive. That make you just work for it a little bit harder. You know? You have to milk them a little bit more. You have to massage their egos just a bit more. And to me, those audiences are not fun, but it just makes you a better comedian because it makes you more versatile. It makes you... Easy fights don't make you a better fighter, you guys. That's, that's you know, you know if, if everything is, just became easy street and you just got up there telling the same four or five jokes and people laughing at the same four or five things you don't become a better comedian you become better by by looking out into crowds and seeing what works and throwing something out there and trying to save that something if it doesn't work you know joke saves crowd work riffing these are things that you don't necessarily get to do in a Zoom call, 
because there are 300 people, 50 people, however many people in the Zoom call. You know, and, and for you to just focus on one or two of those people, especially if they don't have the best internet connection, it's just a weird experience for me. The digital aspect will never replace the human aspect. Just ask any performer out there. Anybody who sings for their supper will tell you the same thing. When I was talking to comedians before, the one show that I did, uh, by the way, a clip of which is up on my TikTok and my Instagram and even my Facebook page. So to go check that out. And Twitter as well, I think. Whenever I, When I was talking to comedians before that show that I did, a lot of them were just pumped and, and alive, you know, at the prospect of people actually watching. The shows have been coming back slowly, and as slowly as they've been starting to happen, more and more people have started to watch. I've seen people out here who haven't done comedy in a long while. I've seen people out here who I thought would never do comedy again. And the sole reason being that the Zoom shows are just difficult. You know, they're just difficult for everybody involved. But kudos to all the guys who figured it out, honestly, right? If you, if you are a person who does a Zoom show successfully, congrats to you. Man, but I just never got the timing right. I just never got the interactions right because it just felt weird to me. I felt like I was in a job interview or, you know, at the very least, I felt like I'm feeling now, like I'm talking to myself right now. So it's just a weird experience to have. So basically, this whole rant here, it's about, 18 minutes long. It's just to say that when shows do come back and when you do start going out to comedy shows, respect the comedian and they will do the same to you. Like I said, you guys, the moment comedy shows come back, you will see grown men cry on stage. You will see grown men just weep, break down out of pure joy See audience members in front of you right now. You might also hear uh, two, two hours worth of pandemic jokes, but it's it doesn't matter. Okay, what's important is shows need to be back. The government needs to get their shit together, and shows need to come back. And once they do, if you are an audience member listening to this, I hope that you can respect the craft comedians put out on stage hope you can respect the material that they have and that you just laugh because the world's just a better place that way you know anyway like i said for the rest of the week we have one more episode coming out on friday manila time that is with the guys of machong chismisan i'm going to talk to them about their own style their own set of humor what they find funny, what Pinoy humor actually is to them. There's a lot of things about comedy, which is interesting because all three of them, McCoy, Tito Peach, and Ingo, they're not stand-up comedians. Well, Tito Peach done open mic once, but they're not 
be as stand-up comedians, but to be funny and to live off of that humor. That's an interesting discussion to have. So until next time, I have been Chino Liao. This has been the Class Clown Podcast. I hope you guys like this episode. Let me know your thoughts, your reactions, your violent comments on my social medias. Let me know on there at Chino Supersized for all of it. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, MySpace, <laughs> whatever. Just type at Chino Supersized, and that is me. I am the only fat Chino in the world. Thank you again for listening. This has been a Podcast Network Asia exclusive, powered, of course, by Podmetrics. Oh, by the way, guys, before I forget, please follow my podcast on Spotify. Share it with the world. Let the people know you like my content. And until Friday, where we have the guys of Machong Chismis and Thank you and goodbye. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>